Welcome to the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast, the podcast that will help you find solutions for your weight concerns that will last a lifetime. Together, for you. Welcome to episode 44 of the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key, and I'm super happy that you're here. If you are just joining us, I am a family physician in Canada, as well as an obesity medicine physician, and I am a weight loss coach for physicians. Weight loss coaching can take you from feeling out of control with your eating to understanding exactly why you eat when you do and how you can change it. And when you understand that, everything changes. Your weight is no longer a mystery that needs to be solved. You understand it at such a deeper level that you can then make plans on how you're going to fix the things that are still tripping you up within it. And that's what we do with coaching. So if that sounds like something that would be beneficial for you, head on over to my website, weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca, click on the work with me tab, and you can schedule a free session with me where we can sit down and find out exactly what you're struggling with. And I can talk to you about how the coaching is able to help you or would be able to help you with that. Now, if you are new, I really encourage you to go back and download the earlier episodes. I think there's a ton of information that we've covered, and each of these episodes kind of builds on some of the stuff that we've covered in the past, uh, so it's well worth a listen. All right, so I have news. As of this week, when I'm recording this, I am officially a certified life and weight loss coach through the Life Coach School. What that means is over the past six months, I've been doing a focused coaching certification program to help build my uh, weight loss coaching skills. So a lot of my skills I've gained through my obesity medicine training and certification there, but this life coaching and weight loss coaching program helped build them even more and uh, expand what I can do with my coaching skills even more. It's been a great experience and I can't believe the six months went by so quickly. I remember at the beginning wondering when it was going to be done, Uh, but it's nice to be done and now there's kind of next level uh, stuff that I start to work on, which is really exciting to be at that point. If you haven't heard of the Life Coach School, that is the Life Coach program run by Brooke Castillo, who also has a podcast called the Life Coach School Podcast, which is great. and definitely worth checking out. All right, today we are talking about internal tug of wars. So you know that feeling where you have almost like two sides of your brain, one saying, I want to eat that, I'm going to eat that, and the other one going, no, we shouldn't, we've been careful. And it seems like there's this battle and there's always a winner. Um, That's what we're going to talk about. And I'm going to teach you how to get rid of that and how to not only get rid of one side of that argument, but how to align both sides so that they're both pulling in the right direction for you to get to your goals. All right, so let's get into it. Now, I hear this a lot from people I work with that at times it feels like there's just two totally different conversations going on in your head. uh, And I've totally experienced this as well, where there's the side of the I should do's Like I should stick to my plan. I should eat this food that's on my plan. I should go for a run, um, all that sort of stuff. And then there's the, I 
don't want to, or I want to. So I want to eat this food instead. I don't want to write down what I'm eating. I don't want to weigh myself. And it's interesting when you look at this tug of war, I I picture it like a tug of war. So on one side, there's the like pulling you towards your goals. On the other side, there's the resistance uh, pulling you back towards comfort and what you normally do. The other way I think of this is like an old Looney Tunes cartoon. And I can't remember, I think it was Daffy Duck, uh, where he'd have the Martian in the the devil and the angel Mar- Martians on his shoulders, giving him advice. Sometimes it kind of feels like that, that there's just differing advice on either side, right? Um, and sometimes that I want to side can be pretty persuasive. It can come up with all sorts of arguments about why you should just this time, right? Why you should follow through with what you want to do, not what you should do. Now, what are these? So, you know, they happen, it feels sometimes like it's outside of ourselves, that it's sometimes outside of our control, just something that automatically happens inside our head. But what is it? Because once we know what this is, then it's easier to start changing. And it's easier to start taking some of that control back. And the reality is what this is, this tug of war is a tug of war between two differing sets of thoughts. So it's all you or me when it's happening to me. It's all just thoughts that have slightly different opinions for the same situation. And the way to think about it is when one side wins, and often my guess is that it's probably the I want to side, not the I should side that wins a lot of time. Uh, And when the I should side wins, it probably feels a lot of effort to pull and overcome the resistance of the I want to side. Uh, But basically, when one side wins, all it means is the thoughts that are on that side of the argument have more compelling arguments for your brain. So it that thought generated a stronger emotion for you. And if we're talking about food, really, most likely it's desire is that emotion that's being generated by the thought of the I want to. So um, if you're thinking like you're home in the evening and put the kids to bed and you know there's some stuff in the cupboard and that brain's like, you know, we could just go have some of that or I'd like to go have some of that. The feeling that that thought would generate would be desire. And desire can be quite a strong emotion. On the other side, the should side, um, and when I say should and want to, I'm using my air quotes, which I know you guys can't see, but it's totally what I do when I'm doing these podcasts. Uh, The should side um, is your brains giving you arguments about why you should stick to your plan. And sometimes maybe those arguments and those thoughts aren't quite as compelling as the want to side that can generate that desire pretty easily. Sometimes, depending on how motivated you are in the moment, the thoughts on the should side might actually be fairly compelling and they might generate a strong emotion like commitment or determination. And that might be enough to overcome the resistance of the want to side in your tug of war inside. And that's good when that does, right? Like that's what we want. 
But what I want to argue in this episode is what's actually better is to change your thinking to a point where both arguments are pulling in the same direction. So you could picture at a tug of war if every decision you're making with regards to your weight and you're sticking to your eating plan and that sort of stuff, if every decision requires one argument to overcome another, that's a lot of like resistance and conflict and extra energy that you're putting in not to move towards your goals, but just to overcome resistance. Now, if both arguments are pulling in the same direction, then that's easy. Picture a tug of war where everybody's pulling on one side, nobody's on the other. Super easy, right? It just happens. And that's what weight loss can be like. And that's what sticking to your plan can be like when you get your thoughts aligned in the right direction. And that's what I want you to work on is letting weight loss and letting sticking to your plan actually just be easy. Let it have that sense of ease of one team pulling on one side of a tug of war rope. Now, depending where you are in your weight loss and how much you've done the kind of thought work that I'm talking about in the past, that may feel really unbelievable. And we're really taught that through media and through general diet culture is that weight loss and sticking to an eating plan has to be difficult. And I'm not saying that when you do this, every single day is going to feel like everybody's on the same side of the tug of war rope. But when you get it down and you start to experience that a few times, it is a really powerful way to feel because what it teaches you is that you can be totally in control of your eating and what food you want and what food you decide to eat. And you can do it while enjoying it and being happy about it with no sense of struggle. So I'm going to give you my steps to work on this about how you can look at it and kind of tease out what's actually happening in your own brain. But the overarching concept that I want you to think about is when you catch yourself having that internal argument where you feel like there's two different voices going on in your head, or you notice the tug of war, I want you to just notice it and go, oh, hey, this is one of those tug of war moments. I'm using a lot of energy just to deal with the conflict in my own thoughts. And then think to yourself, is there a way I could think about this slightly differently that would take some of this conflict away? Can I change something here so both of these teams are pulling on the same side of the rope towards my goals? And like everything, when we're changing it, you might not be able to 100% of the time right from the beginning. But every time you try it, every time you bring that awareness to it, uh, you build your abilities and you build how easy it feels and you build your confidence with it. And all that adds up over time to where you can just be in control of any food decision. Okay, so my steps to getting rid of your internal tug of war and making it work for you and your goals. The first step is to observe. And I was kind of talking about that just now, but basically you want to observe what's going on. So we're raised often to think that things are happening to us and that we don't have a lot of control in it and food cravings and 
food behaviors are similar to that. So if you think that your cravings are happening outside of you and you don't have a say in them, that they're just because of the actual food, that actually gives away some of your power. So if if all of our food cravings are only because of food, it means we don't actually have any control or say in that. We're at the whim of what food pops into our day. Now, some, especially because food is so embedded in us, there are some cravings that are can be triggered by the sight of the food, but there usually actually is a thought that happens and it can happen just so fast that you don't even notice it, but it can be as simple as I want that. I would like to have that can be the thought that generates the desire that is the craving. So when you feel this tug of war, look at what the two arguments are and recognize that those arguments are what are creating the tug of war. And those arguments have nothing to do with what's happening outside of you. They're just thoughts within your head. And that is really fantastic news because then that means we can work on changing them and you can choose whether or not you want to think them. So when the thoughts and the cravings are happening outside of you and are just related to the circumstance that you happen to be in, that's giving up your control. When you recognize, okay, it's these differing opinion thoughts that I have right now that's giving me this feeling of conflict and of the tug of war happening. And I can look at these logically and decide if both of these thoughts serve me, that is taking back your control. Once you recognize that the cravings and this internal struggle is happening because of your thoughts, and you know that thoughts are optional and that you always have the choice of changing them if you want, that gives you power back and that's how you gain your control back around food. So the first step is just observe what's going on and label it as thoughts. Um, So ask yourself, what am I thinking that's making me feel this conflict? And I can use my old, my classic example that I know I talk a lot about, but it was such a big issue for me. So I would, the whole Wendy's French fry thing, I would finish work And I would have this total tug of war. One thought would be like, just go home. You're not hungry. Just keep driving. You shouldn't have it. You've had it recently. And the other thought I think essentially was, but I want it or it will make me feel better. Maybe sometimes the thought was even I need it. And part of the way I stopped that habit was just starting to build awareness of what actually is going on when I feel such a strong pull to follow through with it. Okay, so step number two of getting rid of your internal tug of war is you need to look at your should side or for lack of better words, the good side. I don't really like labeling these good and bad sides because that's too black and white. And like we've talked about in a lot of episodes, this isn't about being good or bad, but I haven't thought of a better option to call it. So the to build up the, the good side, the goal-orientated side, maybe that's a better way to call it, is you need to probably look at your why. Like if the I want to side is winning all the time, it might be that the side that's goal-orientated doesn't actually have enough of an argument. It's not an emotional enough argument, which means 
you need to decide why you're doing it. Why should you eat on plan? Other than, you know, being told from from an external source or something like that. But for you as an individual, why do you want to stick to a plan? What does it mean to you? What good is going to come of it? And if you're not sure, then you need to spend some time doing that work and thinking about your why. And you can go back to the motivation episode for more information on that. But you want a why, you want a reason that you're doing this to be positive, because it doesn't really, it's not a compelling argument if I really dislike my body and so I really should eat the salad. That argument is generally not going to be very persuasive because of the emotion that it generates. So if you think, I really don't like my body, so I should eat the salad, what emotion does that generate in you? Probably one of uh, probably a little deprivation, a little bit of shame, all negative emotions. And generally, it's hard to make take action that helps yourself out when you're coming from a place of negative emotion like that. So you want to look at those should side arguments, you want your why to be positive. We're not in this to do stuff because we hate ourselves. And I've talked about that from the very beginning. Being mean to yourself, hating yourself, or your body disliking what you do food wise, and finding it hard to kind of cut yourself slack. All of those sorts of things don't help you in the long run. They hold you where you are, they help keep you stuck. The way to change is to actually change how you think about yourself and your body and think about yourself in at least more of a neutral standpoint if you can't quite get to positive. And then from that neutral or positive place, if you still want to change your weight, then it's easier to come up with whys that are actually born of something positive that when you think about it, it could make you feel excited, make you feel happy and help pull you forward, which is essentially what we want a really good solid why to do. We want the why, the reason why you're doing this to really hit you in the chest, like where you feel it emotionally and viscerally that yes, that's something I want for myself. And to make change from there. And one caution would be, it's really easy when you have weight to lose or where you want to lose weight, to think that the reason for losing weight would be so you're happy or so everything would go smoother once the weight is lost. And I think it's important to say that's not true. And those probably aren't going to be great reasons to do this because at the end of it, when you've lost the weight and you realize there's still bad stuff that happens when you're a smaller size, you can still have bad days, get frustrated, feel bad about yourself, sometimes feel not comfortable in your body, all the same stuff that happens now at your current weight can totally happen at a lower weight. And if you don't expect that, if you expect everything to be fantastic at the lower weight, then when the bad stuff still happens, it throws you off course with maintaining your weight loss. And I can't tell you what your why, what your reason why should be, because it's so variable. Like doing this work, I see such a huge range of things that are so incredibly motivating for people. Um, But think of something that really makes you feel like, yes, I want that, that if you really want that for yourself, it would make it actually easy to 
eat well and take care of yourself that's born of something positive, not negative, and see what you can generate for yourself. And for some of you, this may take some journaling, some time to think to really come up with your whys, and that's okay. Uh, Then what you want to do is look at how you're thinking about your food. So again, that, that example I said of like, where I was saying, you know, I don't like my body as being the why, and I guess I should eat a salad. When you're saying that, you're not thinking very nice stuff about the salad. Like probably the end of that sentence would be, I guess I should eat the salad and it sucks. But if you can actually look at the food that you want to eat on your plan and be excited and focus on the enjoyment of it, then again, that becomes a stronger pull onto the side of sticking with your plan and focusing on your goals. And that, I think, has been a really powerful shift for me that I've experienced because for years and years when I was trying to lose weight through things like Weight Watchers and stuff, I would be like going to a restaurant and if I ate a salad, I'd feel like I'd give myself a gold star and all the while think about the french fries that I didn't order and should have ordered but chose not to order. And ultimately, all it did was I ended up ordering them the next time. It wasn't a lasting change. Whereas now the difference is, is when I go to a restaurant and order the food that fits with my plan, I'm actually excited to eat it. And maybe some of that's the lower carb eating because I do find it's far easier to eat lower carb and actually have tasty, delicious food compared to when I've eaten low fat. But it's also how I think about it. So letting go we about those deprivation thoughts with regards to food and focus on the good aspects of the food Uh, so again, if I'm eating a salad that's delicious and it's got some cheese and some nuts and really good, fresh, crisp vegetables and a tasty dressing, I can be super content with that. But if I was eating that same salad and thinking about the bread that I'm not having with it, I would feel deprived by that salad. And the only difference is the thoughts. So working on what you're thinking while you're actually choosing your food so that it gives you desire for the food that you feel you should be eating helps again pull that goal directed side of the tug of war rope. And just to give another little example of why how we feel about food is just related to our thoughts, it has nothing to do with the food. Is think, say, pretend you're on a backpacking trip where you've been out backpacking for two weeks and the only thing you'd had to eat was dehydrated food. If you came back into town and saw that salad and that was the only thing that was offered to you, you'd be pretty happy with that salad and you'd be thinking how fresh and crisp and tasty it was versus an example where you're choosing that salad but feel like you're choosing it and giving up something else. And again, the only difference is your thoughts. Okay, so step number three of ending the internal struggle is you need to reverse the direction of the bad side. So we are so used to thinking about certain foods with such desire-inducing thoughts like, oh, you know, the fill-in-the-blank would be so delicious or salty or make me feel more comfortable or there's so many different things we think about them, right? Like, And there's so many things we're told about those foods through advertising um, and all the different ways that the food company's messages get. Uh, put out. And all those thoughts help 
build desire for the food. And so that builds pull on that stay the same side of the tug of war rope. What you want to do is really look at those foods and go, how do I want to think about these foods? Do I want to spend my life thinking I love blank so much I cannot stop eating it? Because if you think that, it may feel factual and maybe your brain has evidence from the past, but at the base of it, that truly is just a thought, which means it's optional and you can choose to change it. And if you choose to change it to something different that doesn't create the same pull on that end of the rope or something that actually starts to pull in the opposite direction, that's when you start to get this sense of ease that makes everything so much easier. I remember like years ago, I think I was in medical school watching some infomercial on PBS. So probably not an infomercial, but it was kind of, and his thing was taking the food that you really struggle with eating and imagine it in all sorts of gross stuff so that you don't really want to ever eat it again. And I remember trying to do that with French fries and picturing putting worms and all sorts of stuff on them. And and it, that never worked for me. <laughs> but what has worked for me is thinking, I'm done with that food. I've had enough of it in my life. Because honestly, probably for most of us, all these foods that we crave so much, we have probably eaten a lot of it in our life. We've had a lot of opportunity to experience it. And it hasn't actually solved anything. Maybe it's created issues. And so for me, it's helpful to think, yeah, I'm just done with that. I don't do that anymore. And when I see a food and experience a craving and think, oh, there's just one of those cravings for that, but I don't do that anymore. It makes it totally different experience. I just allow that craving like we've talked about where you just let the craving be there because the craving's normal and they won't ever totally go away. But you don't get worked up about it and you don't try and fight it. You don't try and get rid of it faster. And it, they fade very quickly on their own when you do it that way. The other way that I find it really helpful to think about those foods is thinking through terms of choice. So the sort of traditional model of this warring two different opinions in your brain takes your choice away that feels like you're just at the whim of whoever wins. And so if you think I cho- I'm choosing to not eat that food today. And some people it's helpful to think I could choose to eat that tomorrow if I want. And kind of de- recognize that you could really have any of this food at any time but that you're the one that gets to choose when you eat it, again, puts all that power back into you and helps you build that self-efficacy in making your food choices. The thing you really want to avoid is I can't, I shouldn't. Those thoughts aren't really powerful at all. And they generally build resistance or even kind of fuel the desire. Like, If you're looking at a particular food and you're like, well, I can't eat that. Well, what happens? You want it more, right? Versus if you look at the same food and you think, I'm choosing to not eat that because this is so much more important to me or because I get to eat such a delicious low-carb meal instead of that or because 
I know that I'll feel so much better in two hours if I don't eat that. There's so many different arguments you can give yourself and you can picture that's kind of a combination thought where you're changing the the um, the bad side thought and for lack of better words to be a little bit more neutral like I'm choosing to not eat that instead of I can't eat that and then adding in some of your goal-directed thought side that is stronger reminding yourself why you want to pull harder on that end of the rope and then both end up either pulling in the same direction or one stops resisting and you can just pull on the one end um and so that's some basic examples but there's lots of different ways that you could think about this stuff and generate that same emotion or that same sense of ease that we're going for with this think to yourself when you're thinking about the kind of stay the same side is what could you think that would make that side drop its rope? And if you can think of something that would either make them let go of their rope or just stop pulling on it, then you're on to something. And again, this is a skill and this is going to take practice. So don't get worked up if you don't get it right away. Just keep trying it over and over and over again. How can I pull harder on the goal-directed side, how can I make the stay the same side, drop their rope, or at least stop pulling? Okay, to summarize, step number one to get rid of your internal tug-of-war, observe and see what the thoughts actually are. And then when you're observing those thoughts, you can decide, are they actually serving you? Do you want to keep thinking that the rest of your life? Or maybe would you like to try to think about it in a different manner? And recognizing that it's the thoughts creating that sense of out of control or that sense of um, conflict inside your head. It's nothing outside of you or it's nothing to do with actual food. It's just your thoughts. Uh, Step number two, work on building up the goal-directed side of the thoughts. Figure out your why. Think about the food in a nice way that you're trying to eat. That's, of course, using an exa- a food example, but same thing if it was a running or exercise, some other habit you're trying to get yourself to do. Think of the, the new habit, the thing you're trying to do in a nice way, not a like, oh, I don't really want to do that kind of way. Uh, step number three is to reverse the direction of the stay the same side. So you ideally, when you work this enough, you want to get so that the thoughts on that side actually change direction. So they're pulling in the same direction as your goal directed thoughts. And they're actually helping you along. And I can say, like, I didn't have the benefit of coaching for a lot of time that I was working on my own weight. Um, but it's been probably in the last year or two, where I've started to get a better handle on this. And honestly, the more I do it, like I'm getting better and better at it. And it's becoming more and more consistent. But it takes practice, you have to do it over and over and over again, you have to be willing to fail sometimes. And then when you fail, when it and I use the word fail, not in a negative sense, but just where it doesn't turn out the way you wanted it to by trying this tool, then you need to be nice to yourself and look at it from a standpoint of curiosity so that you can figure out why. Why didn't it work this time? How could I try to do this a little bit differently next time to increase my chance of it working? 
I would love to hear your thoughts on this and how you apply this to your life. What are your own internal arguments that you're struggling with? And as always, I love to hear, you know, what things from the podcast are working well for you? What things do you still need help with? I'm always generating new ideas for new podcast episodes. And if you want this podcast to be as helpful as possible for you, send me an email with what you're trying to work on and I can help address episodes targeted towards what you uh, are struggling with. So you can send me that information. So send me what your thoughts on the arguments are and what you're working on, what you would still need help with, what you want to see future episodes about. If you have an idea of somebody you'd like to hear interviewed on the podcast, send all those to info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. And remember, if you're listening to this and enjoying it, I would love it if you took the time to leave a review. You know, leaving the star ratings are fantastic, but if you can actually take the time to just type in a quick review, super helpful for the podcast, please hit subscribe and remember to tell your friends or share it uh, so other people can benefit. All right, have a fantastic week, guys. We'll talk to you later. Bye. And now for a quick disclaimer, this podcast contains general education information on weight loss for physicians. I'm not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace a need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing.